Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Law School in Brief with Lydia and Megan. This is the 62nd episode. We're so happy you're joining us. How was that, Megan? Weird? Cool? Oh, it was, you were giving me like Frasier Crane a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, I haven't thought about that show in a really long time. I was just trying not to be too excited because I didn't want it to do that thing with the microphone that it does whenever I start an episode. <laughs> well, you succeeded. Yes. 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 Hello, loyal followers. We've missed you so. Yeah. I forget when we last recorded. We can have it. Was two, two weeks. It was like a week and a half ago. I think we did kind of a weird, like, off day recording. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I've just so much has happened since then. So time is fake. I know. Listeners, you can't see this, but we have a little Google Doc where we kind of outline the things we're gonna talk about. And Lydia has written like two full pages and I wrote like three <laughs> bullet points. So uh Sometimes we all... I just gotta like journal it out and then I can condense my thoughts for air, you know. <laughs> hey, I get that. I get that. And for me, it's more of like a, hey, let's just fill in the blanks. I'm going to get myself started. But, you know, we'll see where the combo takes us. Well, I, I just had a rant. I ended up writing a whole page rant, but I, I won't subject anyone to it. I mean, maybe we want to be subjected. What's the rant about? So here's the situation. I, you, everyone remembers my schedule was conflict of laws, trust and estates, um, natural resources law, clinic, and ethics. So uh, I have already dropped conflict of laws. I dropped it after the very first class because the professor was really strict about the cameras on policy. And I just don't like having my camera on. And Wait, Lydia, re- really quick, really quick. I think your yeah. mic cut in and out just a little bit while you were saying the important parts. So I'm just going to fill in the blank because I know what you said. (laughs) Um, It was that uh, Lydia's professor is very strict about the cameras on policy. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear it. Close to the mic. The mic did that thing that it does to you in the beginning, but like in the middle while you were talking, it just like did a weird little like cutout. I don't know. Okay. But we're good. We're rolling. Let's keep going. Okay. So... My stance on this is I'm an adult, you know, I know how I learn best. I'm the client. I'm the one paying my private institution to be a student and learn in the way that I know best. You know, I know that there's some ABA requirements and things are different for online learning, but I just don't think it should be a mandated cameras on policy. I emailed the professor and was like, hey, it's easier for me to pay attention if I don't have to look like I'm paying attention. Like when my camera's on, I'm like always checking the box, the like little icon where I show up, like making sure that it it looks like I'm like taking notes and it looks like I have a quizzical brow, you know, and it looks (laughs) like I'm like nodding when I, because the whole point of having a mandated cameras on policy is so that the professor can judge how well we're following along. And I would never want the professor to notice that I don't understand what's happening and ask me what I'm thinking or any, any, none, none of that. I just don't want to deal with any of that. I want to be completely responsible for my own education. And anyways, I emailed her and asked her, can I have my camera off for this reason? 
you know, I'll learn, I'll actually be able to pay attention better. And her response was like that she's trying to make this fair for all students and it wouldn't be fair if she had a cameras on policy, but like gave me an exception. So she would only do that if I got um, authorization from disability resources. Okay. Like if it was like for some kind of like medicalized reason that I couldn't have my camera on. And chronically, it would be distracted. <laughs> truly. But like, there are people who have their cameras on who like clearly are like falling asleep, whatever, looking around. So I, I like, I admire, I admire that so much. I just can't do that. Like, I'm just too self conscious to actually do that. <laughs> Um, or actually be like walking around or like holding Raja or whatever I'm doing, like when I'm trying to like pay attention. So I was just thinking to what this very hard to work with disability resources office is like would, would say, and I know that they would request some kind of like psychoeducational evaluation from a professional saying that I should have my camera off because they're not just going to take my word for it because that's not how accommodations work. Right. And I was like, wow, is that all of that bullshit worth it? So that I, the paying customer who's an adult taking like ownership over my education can turn my camera off in an online class during a global pandemic? No, I'm just going to drop this class. Yeah. So I did that and I just responded. Unfortunately, not passively aggressively enough because we ended up having like a nice farewell, but I was like, um, I'll just wait to take the class in person. But I think it came across as, Oh, I'll just wait to take the class in person. And she said, great. And I said, okay, great. Nice talking to you. Whatever. So Will you actually take this class in person? Absolutely not. But there's a different professor who's teaching it in the fall. So I would take it with her. Um, That is my way of avoiding competition, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Anyways, that's my rant. It's just like, I just don't like a cameras on policy. The class I switched into, corporations, um, I heard good things about the professor. He seems really nice. Um, I even turned my camera on a little bit for his class. Most people have their cameras off there. There's enough people with their cameras on to like take up the first Zoom screen. Because also that's the thing is like the professor can't even see all the students, even if cameras on. So he'll call on people with their cameras on, but also call on people with their cameras off. And those people turn on their cameras to answer the question and then turn the cameras off again in this kind of natural unspoken understanding compromise thing that just happens when adults who are owning their education uh, are doing some class. Anyways, that's my, my update is I'm in corporations. Trust in estates is amazing. Yes. Professor is so good. I wonder if my professor and your professor would be friends. Cause my professor is just like, she's so fun. Um, we've been talking about like, things in the news um like people who don't who, who die intestate and like famous people and stuff and famous or, people who die intestate yeah Ooh. uh oof see this is embarrassing i don't remember it's okay i can google famous person 
who died intestate. Will you will you explain to the listeners what intestate means? Oh yes. Um, if you think of the word estate, like you you die and, and leave a will that it that explains what to do with your estate, which doesn't just mean building, but means like all of your property that you own that you want to distribute. The word estate is within the word intestate, int estate. And I don't know why it's like int means no in this. Like that's not a prefix I'm used to. But int estate, intestate means no will. You die and you'll be, you'll be interested to know that when you Google famous people who died intestate, the first thing that comes up is Picasso, Jimi Hendrix, Abraham Lincoln, and Sonny Bono. Really? The ones that came up for me were Prince, and that's the one I thought I remembered. Michael Jackson, Amy Winehouse, Bob Marley, Jimi Hendrix, Sonny. Okay. 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 Some, of, some of these make sense to me. Like the Kurt Cobain, the Amy Winehouse, the, the people yeah, who were in, so you know, like, who were young, yeah, who probably were like, oh, I have time to do that. But like, yeah. how are you really going to be Jimi Hendrix? Well, no, Jimi Hendrix was young. Like Abraham that's Lincoln. <laughs> sir you've been along you've been around long enough to know that you have assets that are going to need to be divvied up come on i know but yeah we've we've been learning about actually our reading for our class tomorrow is what happens with your estate when you die into estate like the laws that like the the flow chart kind of of who it would go to like surviving spouse surviving Ooh, yes there are three oh gosh um, there were like three different patterns that go that of like distribution, and I'm forgetting what they're really? called. So this is, yeah, so oh, this is like I haven't useless, learned about three of them. Um, yeah, from what I remember, it was like it's such a weird oh, stirpes. Um, oh, yeah, 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 and then modern, yeah, modern per stirpes, um, cl- like per and then just oh, regular per stirpes, and then <laughs> per stirpes sounds. So fucking disgusting. I know, does it? Oh, okay, it rhymes with herpes. That's why. Sorry. Herpes. <laughs> yeah. Herpes. Oh, and then per capita. Right, right, right. Uh, got it, got okay. it, got it, got it. Well, okay. This is going to save me if I get called on tomorrow. I'll be like, yes, that is a herpes, modern herpes, and per capita. There Uh-oh. you go. Boom. You Ooh. know it all now. Oh, man. And then my ethics class is pretty good. I had. I had basically no expectations for this class just because it's like required and I just hadn't thought of it but we went over something in class that happened in the Sopranos so I raised my hand and asked about it it's basically the weaponization of the uh confidentiality agreement I don't know if you remember when I don't want to give any spoilers but whatever it's been out for enough at this point yeah you can spoil it i think carmela can't find a divorce attorney because tony has talked to all of the diverse divorce attorneys in the area yes and so i was like can you actually like weaponize it like that or is that just a tv thing it's real yeah and he chuckled and liked the sopranos reference and i just got a good vibe from that class um when are you speaking of when are you taking the mpre um, I know that the deadline to sign up for March just passed and I just kind of wasn't feeling it. Same, so I, same. I didn't. 
really okay yeah no i, I like, like I'll I'll just I, do I thought about when it i'm really busy you know yeah, yeah i'm gonna do Third it in august okay nice yeah maybe i'll do also, that too. we can study together yes i would love that um you know themis gives you free mpre a free mpre course did you know i did not know that let's do it as a themis rep i'm here to let you know about all oh. the benefits oh, i mean okay. free. yeah yeah that's how they get you um, so yeah. So for the listeners who might not know what the hell we're talking about, um, the MPRE <laughs> is the professional ethics exam that I did not know existed when I, when I <laughs> signed up for law school, I thought that you just had to pass the bar and you were done. Turns yeah. out the joke is on me. Um, you have to pass the bar. Yes. But then in some jurisdictions, you also have to take a jurisdiction specific part of the bar North Carolina is like that. So I have to pass that as well. And then last but not least, the MPRE, um, which is offered, I think, three or four times throughout the year. And you can take it as many times as you need to. But ideally, you would be done with it before you graduate because you need to pass the bar and take and pass the MPRE to practice law. And to do that, you basically just have to show that you understand what all the professional or the model rules of professional ethics are. That was so well explained. I see why you're a themis rep. You are good. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I've done absolutely nothing for that job, but you know, we're doing it. <laughs> I have signed up a total of zero people for themis thus far. Well, you, you sold me on the free. Uh, can you count that? I'm guessing not. I wish. I wish I could be like, yeah, I got my friend who goes to a different law school to sign up. I know that she's not in our jurisdiction, <laughs> but, you know. Well, that's yeah. basically my end of rant and update. And I'm taking natural resources law. It's all right. Uh, there's no cold calls, which is incredible. He assigns people ahead of time to be on different sides of the case. So he'd be like, okay, we're going to talk about this case. Like Lydia explained the government's position, you know this other person explain the nonprofit's position or whatever. And I think that's a great alternative to cold calls. Any professors listening to this, consider it, you know, think about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, a, how, how have you been? You know, uh, so I feel like I have no substantive updates because I'm just a working gal in a working gal right. world now. You know, I go to but an you're office. So much more, experience since last time I talked to you you've had weeks of two weeks under your belt now yeah two weeks under my belt um you know it's hard with COVID because the courts are closed not completely but like for anything that's not an emergency or non-essential the matters just keep getting continued so uh, you know if we have a meeting on Webex um it happens at 9 a.m. and we're done by like 9.30. And essentially it's just like the judge calling the names of the attorneys and then the attorneys turning their camera on and being like, yeah, your honor, you know, the parties have agreed or don't agree to like this. Uh, we think we could probably work it out. Uh, talk to you later. And the judge is kind of like, yeah. Um, so in that regard, it, you know, I do kind of feel like I'm having a bunch of thoughts right now. So <laughs> I could have taken... I chose to do my residency in the winter because I just couldn't stomach another round of classes and Zoom. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Right. But I'm beginning to think that maybe if I had done it in the spring, I would have had the benefit of going into court a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I considered these things, but I, I felt that my mental health uh, kind of like outweighed everything else. So there's that. And what if you had waited for spring and then it just wasn't in person more? <laughs> That's also right. the risk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to kind of, you know, Liddy, you just got to remain flexible. You just got to be flexible. Just be super flexible, would you? What is this? What is this tone? Am <laughs> I going to be flexible before? Do you not, do you not feel like, okay, I, I, I said it in that way because <laughs> What I have I done wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, 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 no. Um, like, at least at Elon, uh, there's a lot of talk from faculty that, you know, we need to remain flexible in this unprecedented time. And like, you know, we're sorry that you're upset, but this is an unprecedented time and you need to remain flexible. It's just like, if I had a dollar for every time I was told I need to remain flexible. It's like, okay. Uh, yep. I, <laughs> call me Stretch Muldoon. <laughs> I'm very flexible. Gumby over here. I haven't gotten that, but I we get the the maybe as frustrating like we hear you this is so hard rhetoric with no follow-up like take care of your mental health no resources to actually support that (laughs) just continuing to be charged for the gym fee without being able to use it okay well that had a massage share in it that would have helped but right anyways just yeah. knowing that you're paying for a gym that you can't access would chip away at anyone's mental health. I think it's exactly. like <laughs> you can't even opt out of the fee. I know. <sighs> well, bringing this back to me. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, the ever, ever narcissist. Um, yeah. It's been a lot of like wanting to go to court and then not getting to go to court. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am having a great time and I'm learning a lot. In fact, my high for this last week was I got to do my very first ever client interview, like just me oh. in person oh. with masks on. Um, right. And the curveball was that it, the, the client is actually Spanish speaking. So um, nice. we had an interpreter. Yeah. And wow, cool. was it an interpreter from your firm or someone? Yes. From, okay. Yes, yes. Great. The the lovely like office assistant. His name is Tony. Tony, who is actually from Southern California. Would you look at that? Oh, cool. I what know. Are the I, what are the chances? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he, he's from like the desert. He's from um, Sweet. Indio, which is where they have uh, Coachella every year. Wow, he's from Coachella. That's it's amazing. so funny because. Yeah, I've known only a few people who come from that that like area of the world, um, and it's 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 the type of place that I just can't imagine anyone ever like living. People say that about L.A. Like when I say I'm from Los Angeles, they're like, I didn't realize people were from there. I thought it was just somewhere <laughs> that like people moved to or visited frequently. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, it's wild. I'm almost 30 years old, and I'm just now realizing that people live places. Like, they're from places. Anyway. (laughs) So, the How did it go? I thought it went really well, because, you know, I can't give details, but this client has been a client 
um, for maybe about a year now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like a messy situation. Uh, and there's been a lot of back and forth, essentially like our client is trying to negotiate a separation agreement and like, a to do that, both parties have to consent to terms. Um, so let me break this down for those who might not know, cause I didn't know what this looked like before, but when you get divorced, in a totally general way that has nothing to do with this person's case. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah just like the process. Yeah. So um, when two parties, let's just say like they file for divorce, um, there's a very standard divorce and then there's a divorce from bed and board, which usually mm-hmm. means that like there was some wrongdoing happening. Um, a standard divorce is more like irreconcilable differences, whereas divorce from bed and board is like, you know, maybe you were like cheated on or like they stole all your money and like, it's just a little bit more of an emergency. Um, okay. Yeah. So then after that, you have to figure out how you want to divide your assets up. And if you leave it to the court, um, both parties will be asked to fill out a form that basically lists all of the assets. And then the judge will look at the assets. And I mean, if you don't say otherwise, the judge is probably just going to divide it right down the middle and nobody has a say. And it's like, you get what you get. Um, which obviously doesn't sound like a great situation and probably yeah. won't rent the outcome you want it to have. So if you can, if the parties are amicable enough, you can create a separation agreement where mm-hmm. the parties themselves write the terms of the separation and basically the distribution of the assets. So okay. the thing is- It must getting- be hard to get people to agree- that's exactly the problem. Okay. Getting people to agree, especially like with our clients, this is again, still very generally, but with the clients at the firm that I'm working at, um, we're not, we're a nonprofit law firm. So we, we don't have the clients that have, you know, the summer home in Myrtle beach plus the million dollar house here plus like the multiple cars. I mean, we're like literally fighting over maybe like, a 401k with $10,000 in it and like the 2014 Kia Spectra. You know what I mean? Totally hypothetical, general. Yeah. Again, totally. Exactly. I'm not, these are not real details. Right. But, but I see um, what you mean. Just like, yeah, there's a difference. It's not the. Totally. Yeah. Not going to be splayed all over the news. Yeah. It's not going to be splayed all over the news. And like, again, very generally speaking, the assets are easier to, to divide because there are fewer of them. Um, so that's generally what I was talking about with this client. Um, and I like reviewed the file beforehand and there had been a lot of back and forth about the parties not agreeing. So I thought that maybe this might be not <laughs> super fun, but it actually was such a great conversation and, you know, they left smiling and, I, it was at the end of the day. So I like went home right after that and I couldn't get to, I could not wait to get to work the next day so I could draft the separation agreement because I was so excited to help and also just like confident that I knew how to do it. Damn. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, sounds so real. It just really sounds like you're a real attorney. 
I know. I was like, like I like I drafted it up. I gave it to my supervising attorney. He looked at it. He made just a couple tiny little edits, and he was like, "Great, we'll file it. Like we'll send this over." Wow. Oh my God. He's, he's taking my word for it. Like the the words I wrote are going to be reviewed by an attorney and like either agreed with or disagreed with. This is so exciting. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. And That's- like you you just you know you met with someone then you just got it done. Like that's going to be so great for your client to just be like, Oh great. You know, it's taken care of. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I can tell that this will like take, you know, such a weight off their shoulders, which is a, that's, that's a feel good moment actually getting to interface with a client that, you know, you're going to, the work you're doing will impact their life for the better. Fingers crossed. Yeah. That's that's my high. That's kind of just that's so cool. Been... That sounds so much better than class. It is. I don't miss class at all. <laughs> if, I could, if I could be done with school, I would be done with school. Are we doing highs and lows? Like, was that your high, or was it just your update from your? Oh, that was my uh, high. That was my high. Okay. Okay. It sounded like a high. Yeah. Nice. Do you have, have high? any? Mez or oh, okay well no I don't really again like because I'm working it, it feels just I like I'm very happy wow That's I have great. weekends to myself Lydia I haven't like oh I, I having just worked this whole weekend that sounds I, nice <laughs> I cannot stress enough how my mental health has improved wow and seriously like I I did I worked on Friday I submitted the like four little assignments I had to submit. And then I just looked at the calendar and I thought, oh my God, it's going to be snowing this weekend. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like cute snow. It was gross snow, but (laughs) I could could just sit by the fire and like play games and hang out. Did you? Did you do that? Yeah. So nice. All day today, all day today, Adam and I were sitting by the fire playing games we like ordered takeout for dinner. We didn't even have to cook. Oh, it was just, it's been such wow. a lovely day. That sounds so great. I You're mean, selling it. You're yeah. selling the not being in law school thing. Know, Our listeners right? are going to just decide to skip the whole law school thing altogether and just keep right. working. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, do you think you're ever going to turn into one of those attorneys who's like, don't go to law school. Cause before I went I to law so. school, I would say oh. nine out of 10 attorneys I talked to were like, don't do it. Yeah. I never, uh, yeah. I encountered a lot of that and I never knew how much of it was like an inside joke. Cause like everyone seems to say that, right. you know, I was like, right. do you really think that I Lydia shouldn't go to law school? Or do you just think that like, more people should decide not to go to law school because it's not actually a good fit for everyone. You know, I couldn't tell how much of it was personalized advice, but I would definitely tell certain people to not go to law school. It depends on what they are expecting to get out of it. You know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And there are some people who I just think would be annoying attorneys who are like, you don't even treat, wait staff at a restaurant well don't be an attorney don't, oh god speaking you know, of people you know <laughs> speaking of people who don't want to be an attorney 
<laughs> yeah. This is I'll I'll speak a little I'll speak generally, but okay. Okay. <laughs> so this last week at Elon, there was this email that went out from the dean on Monday that basically said there were 30 people gathered at a bar in downtown Greensboro, like maskless, drinking at yeah. a party, law school people. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like the school has been so strict about COVID Mm. And this is just like the most idiotic thing anybody could do. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were all taking pictures and like tagging each other. What? Like not even right. I mean, it's it's laughable at this point. Like, and the the whole the funniest thing about it is I saw some of these pictures and they, they were all wearing masks, but costume masks, like the kind what? you would wear to a masquerade. That has a breathing hole for the mouth and the nose. No, so no, like no, no, the no. Opposite. Oh, no, like, oh, like just, just over the, the eyes. Yeah, And I'm like, that's the funniest part to me. I mean, funny, yeah. and in that, I'm definitely not laughing way. Like it, either they are incredibly self-aware and making a horrible joke about like we are wearing masks, right? Or <laughs> they're so stupid. I can't uh, even like. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but the dean in his email threatened. He he didn't say he didn't give any names or anything, but everybody knows. Um, and he he did say like I will this 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 bears as a reminder on everyone that you know like what you do off campus is a reflection on this community. And yeah. while it is like I suppose within your rights to go out and do things like that. Um, it's also within our rights to like punish you for it. Um, yeah. And also quick reminder, we sign off on your character and fitness before you take the bar. So <laughs> right. are you like, are you a good witch is, or a bad witch? That is like an appropriate usage of that. Like when they were telling your classmates who were trying to fight for racial justice, like, don't forget, we're just going to sign off on your character and fitness. Like, that is so inappropriate. <laughs> but in this case, it feels much more appropriate. It's like you're putting people's lives at risk. Right. And, and oh, my God, some of these people who, like, were at this party on Sunday came to school in person on Monday. So, yeah. No. I know. I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm really, really glad that I can do school remotely. I really appreciate that they gave us this option because I knew people like this we're going to be out there doing things like this. Like I just knew. Ah, uh, you know. And you're going to be doing moot court remotely as well. That is right? correct. I will. So be doing. that's actually I forgot to say when I was doing my nice smooth talking introduction that oh. we might be talking about that today. Yes, yes, we might. Or are we we'll doing see. that next week? I forget. I mean, I could give you a little overview of what the problem is and maybe just like a little taster. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. 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 Cool. Okay. Good. <laughs> I so what now? Forgot, I literally forgot what we talked about right before recording. So that is, that was partially me trying to like 
introduce the topic and also partially me literally asking you like is that what we're talking about i literally forgot what we decided i'm so sorry well it's okay we've been talking for a while now and i feel like we've really buried the lead on the most exciting part of this episode (laughs) which is your moot court no no again you have a second guess well should i do my high before my lows and mes i think it depends on if we're gonna then do your segment oh which my is gosh oh my just okay, tell I'll the just, people i'll just, just tell the people okay wait, 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 wait. Just, oh fuck it. i don't what? have my phone i need the air horn okay i'll oh, just okay. do it with my mouth okay i got a job bear, 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 bear. i'm so excited i'm just so done and it's it seems like a really good fit so here's the this thing a what you got a job, but you got like a job, job. Like okay, you didn't yeah, get a this... summer. Well, you got a summer internship that, but it it magically becomes a job, right? Yes, hopefully. This is wow. something that I did not know before law school. But a lot of law firms, um, big law—that's the word for it. They turn it into one word. No space. Big law, um, firms will give out. We'll, we'll extend offers for a, what is called a summer associate position. It's basically a summer internship, but they call it a summer associate because when you're hired, you're called a, a junior associate. Uh, or wait, maybe it's just associate, then junior? I don't know. I don't know. But that's what they call attorneys. So you do that for the summer, and it's like kind of part of your training that will then continue after graduation. So at the end of the summer a lot of firms will extend full-time offers to all of the summer associates unless you like massively mess up. So it's not like you have to compete the whole summer against your other summer associates to get an offer or anything like that. You just do your best, get an offer and then come back next year. That's Isn't what that, I've like, heard. The most ideal, like, yes, now I don't have to be spending time next year too. Like, applying and oh it's horrible like I still am like what if nobody hires me after graduation but you you have it I hopefully have it yes I'm gonna be at so listeners um I can I mean I can ask you to not be disappointed in me for selling out but it is fully within your rights to be disappointed in me. I'm going to try to give a little spiel and tell you my plan, but I know that all I talk about is climate migration, and that is what my note is about, and I hope that's what my pro bono work can be about, but that's not what my full-time job will be about. But let me give you the spiel. I'm working in a corporate law firm, big law firm. It is called Covington & Burling. It's headquartered in D.C., but I'll be in the New York office Wow, it just did the cutout thing again. Okay, it's headquartered in D.C., but you'll be in the New York City office. Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal with my microphone? I don't know. Um, Maybe it's honestly on my end, but we'll just keep it. No, because it always ends up in the recording. Hmm. So um, thanks for noticing that and saying what I said. So this firm is the number one firm for pro bono work in the U.S., with an average of 190 hours per attorney for over 1,200 pro bono projects last year. And it has other accolades, such as being on the American Lawyers quote-unquote A-list, 
and on the Human Rights Campaign's list of best places for LGBT equality, and on Law 360's list of best law firms for minority attorneys. Um, and they are also different than some other firms because you have more autonomy as a summer associate and as an associate. You can pick which projects you want to work on. Like when you're a summer associate, you can pick some litigation projects, some transactional projects, and then at the end of the summer, you decide whether or not you want to do corporate or transactional. Um, should I describe that difference? I mean, sorry. Yeah, because I'm not sure of the difference. Okay, sorry. I'm, I didn't mean to say corporate or transactional. I meant to say transactional or litigation. But oh. basically, yeah. Um, litigation is like lawsuits and transactional work is, <laughs> I have not prepared like an easy way to describe this, but basically like transactions, like mergers and acquisitions. So is a good do example. you think it would be fair to say that, you know, um, litigation, you're in a courtroom, whereas transactions, you're writing contracts in an office? Yeah, that seems like if you can remember that very basic distinction, even though that's reductive, it still like seems correct. But we'll see. Like I've been in a tax clinic, as you know, and I think of tax as a transactional type of law, but I actually deal with tax controversies. Like people get a letter from the IRS saying that they owe money and we like gather all these exhibits and write um, all these documents and send it in to the IRS and say, like, please write off their debt. Cause like, as you can see from these exhibits, they won't be able to pay the insane amount that you're asking them to pay. Um, so tax controversies is actually a litigation practice group in some big law firms. <laughs> so it's, it's like, there are some things that, that could go either way, like tax, but, um, anyways, I, I didn't like, describe that well, but maybe by the end of the summer, I'll be able to describe it better. I cannot help but draw, like, I, I, I'm, like, smiling just thinking about how different our summers are going to be. Like, I literally don't yeah. think they could be more different. <laughs> like, I'm going to be living in the high country in Appalachia and working with low-income clients at Legal Aid. And you're going to be like working for a New York City big law firm. I just. <laughs> well, hopefully, I think it'll be remote. So I'll hopefully be in the house. Um, put that on your bingo card. I mentioned the house, my St. Louis house. I can be working on some projects there. And I'll, I do hope I'll be able to do some pro bono work this summer. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be pretty different. Wow. But, oh, but I was going to say, so this firm is cool in that you can take on all those different projects. Then at the end of the summer, you choose between transactional litigation. And then after graduation, when you come back, even though you've chosen transactional or litigation, um, you can still take on projects from any of the practice areas within that. So like maybe say you choose litigation, you could be doing one project for like the white collar, like investigations group and one for like, products liability and mass tort claims and one for like insurance law. Like there are just so many different types of practice groups under these umbrellas and they encourage people to be generalists. Whereas some firms will like, they're like, Oh, you're interested in, I don't know, like, um, 
SCC uh, regulatory compliance, great, you're going to do that all day, every day. Um, so, I don't know. That's my that's my pitch for why they seem cool having not worked there but everyone in the interviews was like so friendly and supportive mm. and oh another cool thing about them is that um the col- the environment is really collaborative and they don't try to like pit people against each other to like stay some firms will hire a ton of young attorneys knowing that some of them will get burnt out but they don't care because they keep having really large classes of new attorneys come in. And there are other firms, Covington being one of them, that will hire a much smaller class. And if people leave because it doesn't work out for them or whatever, then they do what's called a lateral hire. So they'll try to get people from other firms to come there. And that that's how they like, maintain like, the ranks. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's that's it. I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of a puppy mill. I don't know why. Yeah, no, I mean, there's probably a parallel there. For some of the firms that, like, really just burn through new associates, just, like, pitting them against each other to stay just sounds horrible. So this seems Hmm. like just a nice vibe. But my plan with it is, because, like, the pro bono work they do is all over the map. They have like kind of like I could be doing like immigration asylum cases there. Um, like kind of, it sounds like a lot of different types of pro bono work, but they do some high profile pro bono cases. Like it was a while ago, but they used to um, represent detainees in Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay. Whoa. You know, there are pro bono cases that, need the type of resources that a big law firm has. And so I do think it would be interesting to work on some pro bono cases like that. And hopefully I can find a way to get like climate migration related work in as pro bono hours. Oh, also Covington doesn't have a cap on how many pro bono hours you count towards your minimum number of billable hours you have to do. So there are some big law firms Paul Weiss I think is an example where there's no like hours requirement but some firms like Covington has a 1950 billable hours requirement that comes out to 37 and a half hours a week which is full-time work but billable hours are different than like hours that you're at work so I'll have more to say about that I'm sure once I'm actually doing it but I do think it's very cool that they don't cap you for the amount of pro bono work you do. There are some firms that say you can do pro bono work on the clock, but you can't count it towards billable hours because billable means that you're billing the client for the hours. So basically a Covington in places that don't have the cap, you're obviously not billing the client because it's pro bono, but the firm is just footing the bill on behalf of that client. And I think that's a great approach. <laughs> just be like, yeah, just do as much pro bono as you want to do. Um, I mean, not as much as you want to do. I can't do it full time, but I think wouldn't it's that cool. be nice? Yeah. So the plan is like maybe work there like ten years. I don't know. Save like ten years. 
I don't, I don't know, know why that like I don't shocked me. I know it'll, I don't even know if I'll make it that long. Cause it's, it's big hours, but just like, if I can save like 70% of my income, I can just be completely financially independent and then do pro bono work literally full time. Like I don't have to charge people. It'll be fine. Like that's the plan is like, just don't fall into the trap of the lifestyle inflation in New York, you know, treat myself sometimes eat some good vegan food. This is such a huge like life shift. I know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking this like it's my life shifting. (laughs) I know that it's not at all, but like last week you didn't have a job. Right. This week you have the next decade of your life planned out. Honestly, Holy I don't even think I've shit. appreciated that much. So I, I appreciate you kind of like stepping back and being like, "Holy shit!" Because definitely going through the OCI process, there are no guarantees. Period. You can you can do screening interviews with all these firms and not get a callback. You can get lots of callback interviews and not get an offer. And like I did lots of screening interviews and got one callback. I mean, I I was slated to do more screening interviews coming up and I had actually just finished a screening interview before I got the job offer that I really liked. Oh, Melvany, I highly recommend looking into them for anyone listening. They seem really cool. Seems as cool as Covington. Those check them both out and email me if you want. But there are other firms that I did not get as good of a vibe from. So anyways, it's all about the vibe in these screening interviews. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to go through all of this effort. And um, it's such, such a distraction from classes. I think that's why they usually do it over the summer. But I was just like, okay, I have to do it during the semester. I didn't do like any classwork. That's not true. I did a little bit, but I basically feel so behind on school in the beginning of the semester. And this could have continued for weeks and I could have not gotten a firm job and I could have started looking at government work, public interest work. And that's like, even though public interest work is usually good, it's like for the public interest, there are still public interest jobs that aren't a good fit. And so like, I would have had to navigate that and like, just all the follow-up, all the resume, all the cover letter writing and like getting all dressed up for interviews. And it is so exhausting. So I just can't, like, I partially can't believe that it's over. I'm like, oh, I, I literally accepted the job on the spot. <laughs> like, I got a good vibe interview. Like, the callback interview, by the way, is, like, three hours. And it can be even Seriously? longer. Like, yeah, so I met with five. I interviewed with five different people, like, back-to-back. Um, what kind of questions did they ask you? That's a good, that's a good question. So, um, these... Folks listening who have not been through OCI, this could be helpful. I haven't been through OCI. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But you already have a job, so you're you're good. But um, I was going to say maybe you'll do it next year, but you'll be graduated. I know. I know. Um, But, yeah, the firms – let me see how far I should back up. So there's the website through the school, all these firms – come to the school and you kind of like click through them and like 
bid on them, kind of. It's kind of like the Greek system where you bid on which sororities you want to get in. They bid on the people that they want to get in. And then there's like a bid day reveal. Don't know if your school had that. But I really enjoyed watching um, people get their bids. There's a lot of crying and like, oh no, happy tears. And anyways, so you bid for all the firms you want, and then you find out if you get screening interviews. The screening interviews are 20 minutes long, and they're just a vibe check. So I was thinking all throughout it about how in our last episode, I was doing research on autism, and I really think that, like, the legal field should be just more autistic, basically. Like, autistic culture is cool. It, like, the legal field would just be (laughs) better. But OCI is so not that. It is, like, not neurodiverse accepting. It is, like, do you, like, can you speak can you follow the unspoken rules? Can you say the things that we will never ask you to say, but you have to know to say them? Like, like, do you fit with our culture? Are you a cultural fit, quote unquote? Okay. Um, and so, because for me, it's like a little easier to pick up on those, on some social cues. Like, there are so many screening interviews that I just, I knew I wasn't, saying the right things. I didn't know why. I didn't know what they wanted to say, but I could tell that I had like failed the vibe check. Um, and some of them were, I thought, wow, we really got along. And there was one that was like super informal and like almost too easy. And then I didn't get a call back and neither did someone else I know who had the same impression. And I did some research on Reddit and basically there are some Sometimes where they will have already extended the offer to someone after their, like, what are called pre-screening interviews. So some firms will, like, interview the people at the top of the class first. And then if Uh they're just, like, still around on campus, they just interview some more people just to fill up the day. And I think that that's what happened with me. Like, I don't think Uh I ever had a shot. So that's why I think it was just a casual conversation. Like this person was just kind of killing some time, but they were nice. So that's cool. Um, But Covington, like we just had a really good conversation and we were talking about like substantive stuff, like stuff I've worked on um, in the past and same with the callback interview, but callback interview was like, I over-prepared for it for sure. Harvard has a list of, questions to be prepared for in callback interviews and oh yeah like our legal services has like some practice questions but harvard's list was just way longer so i printed it out it was like nine pages worth when you copy and paste it into a word doc and double space it to leave room for writing answers and i spent so long just like thinking of like every like what do you say when someone says, what's your greatest weakness? What do you say when they say, tell me about a time when you and a coworker disagreed about something? I don't like, it's so hard for me to think of that kind of thing on the spot. Yeah. You kind of have to have that in your back pocket. I feel. 
Yeah, I overprepared for everything. And then none of the interviews asked me hardball questions. They were like, so we saw on your resume that you worked in the immigration clinic last summer. Like, what was that like? Just totally friendly. They weren't trying to trick me. I really appreciated that. They just were talking to me about what I might be interested in, like what practice areas. And I do think it was partially a vibe check. That's what I kind of kept reading online. Like, because the hours are so long, they want to find people that they can be that they can cohabitate with basically yeah of course that makes so much sense and also from what I was reading just like it sounds like every firm has a different ratio of how many callback interviews they do to how many offers they give out um but it looks like it's around 50 percent because they do spend like a lot of time interviewing you for those callback interviews it's like so much coordination goes into it and so like you know they have to pull in people with busy schedules so they're not going to do it unless you know you've at least made it that far but it's still not a guarantee and so I was like 50% it's just as likely I won't get the offer than I will and so when they did offer it to me I was like hell yeah let's do this let's do this (laughs) (laughs) I'm done (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. It's so much to take in. Since then, I've just been like, all right, what are the vegan places I have to try? Oh, man. Juan. Man, I got to find this place. Juan Gui. There's a place that's like in Midtown, but it's basically Korean temple cuisine. And you have to take off your shoes and you sit on the floor and they bring out all this vegan food to you. That sounds like my dream. Um, And then I've been researching bathhouses and luxury apartments in New Jersey where I save $7,000 in taxes, but I'm still 15 minutes away from work. I'm like, and I won't even be there until next year, but I just, I have to love myself just like, I mean, you know, if I, if I were in your shoes, I would be doing exactly that. So, okay. How does this work with like your house? I mean, I don't know. You never said this to me explicitly, but I always kind of assumed that you were planning on staying in St. Louis like after graduation <laughs> and living in the house that you're pouring so much time into. So I would have been open to that and I'm still open to that if it's like for some reason I have the option of being remote, I would stay here to save I would just save so much money like if I'm paying $2,000 a month in rent in New York or something uh, insane it's $24,000 a year I would be saving living rent free um so I I have some options I could sell it but that doesn't super appeal to me I like the I like knowing that I have a house I can always go back to that's completely paid off and I could rent it out but I don't really know how to do that in an ethical way. Like the only reason that I would be able to be a landlord is like the only reason is because I happened to save money when I was working. And like, I don't know. It feels wrong. It's like, Mm. why should, why should people be paying me? Because I happen to, I, I don't know. 
I wouldn't be at providing any value. So there are like a couple different creative ideas I've been trying to think of. One is kind of doing like a rent to own thing, but that does not appeal to me as much because I want to be able to come back to it, but it could like provide someone a path to home ownership who otherwise wouldn't like we would have some kind of like understanding or like something written out. That's mm. like, this is not a mortgage. I still own this until you do. Like, I would be open to that. Or um, I've recently been thinking about renting it out to, like, law students who are not from St. Louis and don't know much about St. Louis. So this would get them away from campus. And they would pay me, like, let's say I rent out to two people and they both pay $400 a month. But only half of that would go to me. It would be some amount that's, like, literally to like sustain the house like if I have to repair the roof like like the money would go specifically to like a house repair totally fund. yeah um and the other half they would not pay to me they would like choose a like local nonprofit and like invest in the community like they need to do the research and like maybe even volunteer with some some group but it would need to be the an amount that like made sense like maybe 400 a person is even too much because of the housing here is so cheap, maybe like $300 a month or something like that. Mm. So that, so that they're really only paying the landlord like a hundred dollars a month or whatever and donating 200 and like, and even though donating $200 a month as a student, sounds like a lot of money. It's like in lieu of rent. So it would be like the condition and they'd have to forward me the receipt or something like that. I don't know. I'm open to being more creative about it as well trying to think about it yeah oh well you have plenty of time to think about these yeah. things yeah yeah true. true true i would have liked to have it as like a safe house that a nonprofit managed but i think my neighbors are like really chatty and friendly and that it wouldn't be as private of a place as i originally thought so <laughs> also there's probably some zoning stuff about that too really I don't know. Really? I would think. Huh. That would surprise me. Like I'm talking about like a somewhere that like a survivor of domestic violence could just like wait out for a little bit. So it'd still be a, a house. Oh, I was thinking more like an establishment, like a nonprofit oh, no. establishment. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, dang. I, <laughs> I, I honestly. So long. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. I, I had questions and I wanted answers. It's incredible. I mean, I'm just like, I'm in awe and exci and very excited to be visiting you in New York City. Hell yes. Yeah. It's so funny. Just the other day, I had this thought to myself and I was like, I'm never going to live in New York City again. I just came to that realization. And I thought I would never live in New York City. I find it very overwhelming. <laughs> I don't I, really I think love you're New love York, it. but I'm, I'm going to like, yeah, once I embrace it. Yeah, I think so you're going to have work that, yeah. yeah. And like living in New York when you're broke, which is what I did, like sucks. Right. I mean, that's not true. I loved living in New York. However, <laughs> I was like broke. Um, so, you know, my lifestyle reflected that. <laughs> um, damn, I can't imagine living in New York, like having an attorney's salary. Like just. Right. That's oof. what is so bizarre because I've always visited New York broke and found it like 
kind of stressful, kind of fun. You can get pizza for a buck. So in some right. ways, it's nice to be visiting and couch surfing and like eating cheap food and walking around. But yeah, I will just briefly say my low is that there were a couple of days last last week where I just like couldn't do anything. It was like the beginning of school. I felt very overwhelmed by job searching and writing my note for a journal and getting started with classes and like dropping a class, getting into a new class and just like I just didn't do any reading. I didn't do anything. And I just like couldn't make I couldn't. I don't know why. It was like I was like, huh, do I have full blown depression? I don't know. But then Sorry, everyone, for saying this. I know it's still taboo, but then I just had my period and I felt all better. And I was like, <laughs> that's insane. Like, are my hormones really messing with me? Like, have they changed in law school in such a way that I, like, can, they can make me incapable of doing work? It was weird. It was so weird. But that all just to say, like, if anyone out there feels like they just, like, and not do work like you're not alone <laughs> I literally was like binge watching like the new Sabrina which I still haven't seen it's okay it's just too dramatic I get it and then it's inertia you know yes yeah I, couldn't, I just couldn't and then my mess that my phone died and won't recharge it's not a low I mean it's a low because replacing it is annoying but it's kind of a high because I've gotten so much more done. I went from literally not being able to do anything to then like feeling a little bit better because of biology and then not having the distraction of a phone. I just felt like free. I have been so much more productive. Like I need the phone back. Like I need my Google maps to get around and stuff. Yeah. And I need you and to send I me get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like who knows who's texted me. I mean, I've like emailed people who needed to know like you <laughs> so, right. by the way I don't have a phone but um actually they had called me with the with the offer and thought that I wasn't interested because I hadn't responded for hours but I had actually emailed them to be like just so you know my phone died like my phone died like right after my interview with them so I was like this is my google voice number if you need to call me but oh my called me there over my browser <sighs> No. Can you imagine if they had like passed you over because your phone was dead? They oh. would have given me time, but but it would have been incredibly awkward to let that much time pass until I got my new phone's expected on Friday. So I'm just hoping to like take this week and be and take advantage of it, just be productive. But I keep checking my dead phone. <laughs> it's so weird. I it keep is a reflex it. for sure. Yeah. Even though it's been dead for days, I just keep checking it. So weird. So that's my full update. <laughs> I honestly like that. I'm like wiped out by the emotional roller coaster of this. I'm so sorry. And no, not in a bad way. Like I'm so over the the. It's, we've even gone over an hour, and I didn't even. I haven't even asked you for your for your mood court argument you know it might just have to wait till next week because awesome. it is 10 15 p.m oh my gosh and i've gotten in the habit recently of waking up at 5 30 whoa what yeah 
Yeah. How? For what? For just to for my just for my kickboxing. Oh. Yes. My God. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and actually, um, tomorrow I begin a twenty-one day challenge. What's the challenge? Um, basically, it's uh, so this was you could opt into it at the kickboxing gym I go to, mm-hmm. um, and it's like whoever can increase their lean muscle mass and decrease their fat mass the mm-hmm. most, like you know, and it's like per your body percent. So it's like a percentage. It's not actual like hard numbers. Okay. Um, yeah. Y- yeah. That, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, whoever wins, um, wins the, con- wins the challenge and then gets like $50. And I think like a credit for the store. <laughs> I mean, nice. it's not like a big payoff, but what I really wanted to do was they do these in body scans. I don't know if you've ever had one of these done, but I've heard of them. Yeah. So I've never done it. You stand on it like a scale, but it's also and it is a scale, but it also like takes measurements of like your limbs. So there are these there oh. are these rods that you hold onto and you hold them out at the side of your body, like at a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. Um and you have to wipe your hands and feet with this towel beforehand that has a special substance on it that is like extra conductive so that the, okay. the in body can like get your scan right or whatever. Um, and then you, I got a whole printout of like how much muscle and how much fat and how much water was in each of my limbs. Whoa. So I, that's like what I signed up for. Like I was like, I mostly just want to see like the whole composition and you can see you know if you favor like one side of your body over another um and then you can like tailor your workout to accommodate that or like try to fix that or whatever so yes yeah totally not law school related but it is a fun distraction and um a few people who who go to my law school also go to this kickboxing gym so i suppose in that way competing against them in multiple arenas I actually don't think any of them are doing the challenge because they're oh. all studying for the bar right now. So they've got big oh, okay. fish to fry. <laughs> they go um, in there just to relieve their stress and then they leave. Pretty much. Yeah. They just go in there to like kick and punch for 30 to 45 minutes and then they crawl back into their bar study hole. That sounds, the kicking and punching part sounds so nice. Oh, it's so fun. It's so, so fun. Um, but the challenge officially starts tomorrow. So. Um, I have, I, I'm, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Hell yeah. I'm going to yeah. be your cheerleader. Oh, thank you. I can't text you on my phone, but I'll send you an email in the morning. Oh my, I look forward That's right. to that. That's right. You think you're going to wake up before me? No. no. You'll already be done with the challenge. And I'll be like, go Megan. You'll be like, yeah, I'm at work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, well, I'll save the moot court spiel for for next time. Okay, because that's when I'm really gonna need to be practicing. I've been practicing, you know, we have practiced like three or four times a week, but um, next week is gonna be like the crunch time because the mm-hmm. competition is February thirteenth. Whoa! Yeah, that's it's coming right up so soon. So soon. Be yeah. afraid. 
<laughs> I'm afraid. Valentine's Eve. So romantic. I'm like not. Yeah. It's funny because I thought that I would really want to do this. Um, and I don't know if it's that. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like I thought that this would really be my shit. Like I would be really, really excited about it. And I like <laughs> practice a lot. You know, I like, you know, thinking of the, these hypos, um, you know, and having my coach like ask me a question that like really throws me off and then having to like think through it. And I enjoy that, but I don't like having to think on my feet in a competition. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. If we're just having a, a casual conversation about the second amendment and like, you know, like, well, what if this, that's, that's interesting to me. But when I'm up there wearing my little, you know, my little lawyer uniform, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah. saying, you know, Mr. Chief Justice, will it please the court or may it please the court? I got dinged for saying will last time. Dinged? Seriously? Just for saying will? You got to get the prayer correct. It's called the prayer? Um. Well, no, I'm sorry. The, there was a prayer for relief. Um, oh. I forget what the opening, the intro is called, but... You know, I'm sure that there's a special word for it. The whole thing kicks off with someone walking in and saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Come on, man. It's just so arcane. Like, can't we, like, update this, like, ritual a little bit? It's just seriously unreasonable to me that, like, I mean, they did away with the powder wigs and they stopped making reforms after that. They were just like... You know. Yeah, if we're going to do all that, we should at least bring back the powdered wigs. Is that what you're saying? Because I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you and you have to give so much deference to the court. Ugh. So much deference. I'm like, you have to do everything short of like getting on your knees and begging. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Super fun, right? Yeah, definitely. You never want to go into court. I'll be like, I'll just stay in the office. You're well, brave. You're too. brave for like, like really putting yourself out there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just I'm gonna be so glad when it's over. It's just making me so anxious up until up until the last minute. And oh, it'll well. be done on the thirteenth, or that's like your well, first competition and if you win you have to do it again. Um so my first competition will be on the twelfth. And oh, sorry, I thought you said yeah, the third. I, I did. I messed up. Oh. And I didn't think we were going to come back around to the dates. So I was just going to let fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on the 12th. Um, and I, I argue once on the 12th and then twice on the 13th. And then if we advance, then we go on to uh, the 14th, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a long slog with breaks in between and you have to argue both sides. And I haven't even started thinking about my other side argument. So that's okay. a, a, another headache for a different day, I guess. It'll be so great when that's done and you can just actually have your full weekends. Oh God, I, know. I think about it. I'm like, this is going to be so sweet. Yes. Just me, my, my pets. Yes. And nothing but free time. Mm. Did I even All say right. my other low is that Raja's been sneezing and I don't know why? I hope he's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's really cute, but he just keeps doing it. And so now I'm concerned. Poor baby. I know. 
Yeah. Well, thoughts to Raja. Yes. Thank you. Um, I think it's about that time. For yes. Me. Good luck tomorrow. Kicking ass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> just- All right, buddy. <laughs> okay. Bye, Megan. Thanks for listening bye-bye. to me talk so much. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Loved every minute of it. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.